0: The most important thing, we make decisions about winning, about putting the best team on the ice. I think it's it goes beyond communication, it goes to a relationship. Just drilled him with a right hand, then missed with a wild right, lands a right to the shoulder. You know, it's up to us to uh, get the fans excited.
2: This is Ryan and Hopkins. This is Oscar Clathbong. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is Oil Country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex,
0: office equipment solutions. Solutions North America wide.
2: Yeah, Digitex does that.
0: D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C A.
2: Now, Bob offer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers. Six thirty shed. Yeah.
0: And in, summer's almost over, hockey season shortly, this is Oilers Now, Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you, Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor Digitex, buy or lease your next office network printer from the Digitex.ca e-commerce store, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office IT and supplies. Brendan, how are you? Good as ever, Bob. I'm going to be really good in about uh, five hours. Because they're yanking out the last of uh, my uh, wisdom teeth. So I'm very happy on that front. Good. Good for you. But in the meantime, you're enjoying the T3s, right? Yeah. I'm in, I'm in a really good mood. Is that uh, what I'm supposed to be in? Is that how it's supposed to work here? Something like that. Uh, my wife's happy because I haven't been able to eat the last two nights, so I've dropped about seven pounds. Still have another 60 to go or so. Anyhow, I digress. This is uh, Oilers Now. And uh, coming up on today's show, we're going to replay. We had Fernando Pisani on yesterday for touchback safety as part of our uh, Oilers Legends series. And by the way... After the show, we got several texts in at 6.30, 6.30 on our Heartland Ford text line. Heartland Ford, by the way, is out in Fort Saskatchewan. If you think all dealerships are the same, think again. Experience buying a vehicle on your terms. No pressure at Heartland Ford. Go out and see uh, the great Gretzky. That's Mike Gretzky and Griff Jarvis at Heartland Ford and Heartland RV and tell them it's now sent you. We got people talking about the Pisani goal, and guys were saying, well, you know, I was playing men's league ball hockey or something, and everybody up in the bar upstairs went nuts after he scored. And it made me think, because uh, I don't think we've ever done this as a theme on the show. We've talked about, you know, biggest playoff upsets or the loss that hurt the most. Uh, and and we have different generations of fans that listen to the show because of the passion uh, and the incredible loyalty that Oilers fans have for for their hockey team. And, and, Brendan, this actually, I, I talked to a couple of friends this morning, and they said, you know, they heard you yesterday, and uh, we were talking about what year you were born because of the Eric Lindros draft back in 1991. And it just reinforces that for for, for some guys, they didn't see, in gals, uh, they didn't see the orders of the 1980s play. Like, for me, probably the goal that I would remember the most uh, off the top of my head, in terms of as a fan, would be Wayne Gretzky's uh, Game 2 goal in Calgary. That would be uh, the shorthanded goal. Uh, the one that, if I was to think, well, was that, you know, now a more recent vintage? Probably Connor McDavid's goal coming back from the injury against the Columbus Blue Jackets. I mean, that was just, even though in many ways the goal, the degree of difficulty that he scored this past year against Dallas on a bang bang play where he put it between his legs might have had a might have been a tougher goal. So, you can text us your thoughts which when you think of your favorite Oilers goal of all time. Which one is it? Text us at 630 630 on our Heartland 4 text line. We will have some time for some calls and texts a little bit later on. Uh, I can tell you nothing at this time to report, which, I mean, the situation could be fluid on Yessa so Pogliarvi. I don't know what's going to happen here. I don't know if he's going to get traded. I know that if if I'm the Oilers, you can't lose the trade. You can't make the trade for the sake of making the trade. And I think the agent and Pogliarvi want to make a trade for the sake of making the trade. From their end, they just want to move on. And we've discussed the various machinations that have occurred here and how the perception of Pogliarvi has changed a bit. Because, you know, Ken Holland, experienced GM. Dave Tippett, experienced head coach. New regime coming in, new opportunity to carve out a role for yourself and not an option, at, at least it appears to the Paul camp at this time. Jim Matheson tweeted out yesterday that Paul could expect to make roughly $220,000 uh, if he, you know, he was qualified in Edmonton, so he'd be guaranteed to make basically a million bucks if he played North America next year. Because the owners certainly wouldn't put him on waivers if he was in the organization. So, but to my knowledge right now, uh, I don't know if there's much shaking on uh, the Pully RV front. It's gone a little bit quiet, and maybe that's to be expected. The Vancouver Canucks re upped their general manager, Jim Benning. Uh, One of the guys we go to out in Vancouver from Post Media is Ben Kuzma. They have a glut of forwards, by the way. they got a lot of forwards. So we'll have a conversation a bit about how the betting extension is playing out in a market where the Canucks, you know, are being pragmatic um, in terms of slowly uh, trying to rebuild their organization. Never rebuilding, only reloading are the Alberta Golden Bears. They announced their recruiting class the other day. Ian Herbers is their head coach. He'll join us at 1.35 today to discuss 14 new players. Now, Grant McEwan's coming into the league, and the Bears have actually recruited players for a year from now that'll redshirt, uh, redshirt uh, one of those guys, uh, Matt Fontaine, the grandson of Val Fontaine, former uh, Edmonton Oiler from the WHA days. You can reach us at any time on a River Creek Resort and Casino hotline at 780 496 sticks Coming to the River Cree, August 30th. Tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. You can text us at 630-630 at our Heartland Ford text line. Think all dealerships are the same. Think again. Experience buying a vehicle on terms. Your terms with no pressure out at Heartland Ford. We're on Twitter at Oilers now. You can tweet me personally. uh, Bob underscore Stafford at Brendan Escott. Here we go. Uh, We've already got a ton of responses. Favorite Oilers uh, goal. We're going to burn through some of those right now in our Heartland Ford text line. Out of Wainwright, Alberta, uh, we beat Wainwright Irma in the 1980 Bantam Provincials. Uh, Marchant's Game 7 winner against Dallas was quite spectacular. Uh, that one was back in 1997. Bob, what about the time Doug White split the D against Calgary? Highlight uh, real goal while any. I think he finished that one off actually skating backwards, if I recall correctly. It was quite a spectacular goal. Bob, my favorite goal uh, was Jordan Eberle's goal against the Calgary Flames in the home opener in 2010, followed by Steve McIntyre's knockout punch. Uh, More support for Marshawn's goal. Several, actually. Bob, favorite Oilers goal, Gretzky's slap shot. 88 playoffs, beats Mike Vernon, eliminates the Flames. Well, that was in game two. That goal was in game two. But that year at Calgary, people forget this. 87-88, the Flames actually finished ahead of the Oilers in the regular season. They had a home ice advantage. Edmonton won game one. Here is your coincidence or circumstance story. Mark Messier was in the penalty box when Wayne Gretzky scored that shorthanded goal on, uh, after Curry tipped it up the left side boards and Gretzky came down the wall and buried one past Mike Vernon to the glove side. So... Mark Messier was in the penalty box. Do you know, Mr. Escott, here we go, who was in the penalty box when Fernando Pisani scored? Steve Stales. Now, here's what's freaky. Guess who stall in the Oilers dressing room Steve Stales sat in as a member of the Edmonton Oilers? Mark Messier. There you go. And... That's the first time the Oilers had scored a shot. I, I, actually, I, I need to check this out. I know it was definitely the first time the Oilers had scored a shorthanded goal in the playoffs and overtime since 88. For some reason, I thought back in 06, that might have been the first time it had happened since 88. Eight-
1: now, I can tell you with certainty because we just did the, um, we just did it this day in Oilers history on this, I believe. Uh, it was the first shorthanded goal to end a game in playoff history, ever.
0: In the, well, no, well, Gretzky did it in 88. Yeah, You're saying that was the first one in 88? Or Stales is in 06? In a Stanley Cup final. Yes. Um, Stanley Cup final. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Uh, Dallas uh, out of Lloydminster. By the way, Lloydminster is a very assertive community. They go out there and uh, their junior team had a terrible year last year. What, they win like six games or something? But they always do a sportsman's dinner every year. I, I'm seeing that they're involved. They not just get announced for one of the Hockey Canada championships as well. So. The SO Cup in 2021. There you go. Texas at 630-630. Uh, Bob Alishemski's playoff goal against Dallas that went... Uh, end to end with seconds. Well, he actually lost possession of a puck and then got it back and uh, finished off, Or sorry, against Detroit. Uh, Bob, it's uh, the two Brad's and then he says, my favorite goal, Glenn Anderson slapper, uh, third goal 1987, game seven against the Flyers. That was the 3-1 goal. I was in a bar in Clearwater, B.C. watching that one and uh, that was a real good night for me. That was May 31st, 1987. I had a good night that night. Sort of guys dream up. Uh, Peter Klima, 1990, uh, scoring in third overtime uh, after he was benched most of the game, only fresh guy on the ice. That one comes to us from Mark. So again, you can text us at 630-630. Rockford out of Edmonton loved Hemsky scoring after Patrick Steffen missed the empty net. Honorable mention to Yakupov's knee slider. You know what? Uh, to me, Yakupov's knee slider was a little over... Did that not count? Did that goal actually get called back. I'm I'm trying to recall which one of Yakupov's goals. I can't even remember. Uh, I should remember. I broadcasted uh, Jack with the call on that one. But uh, anyhow, I I probably wasn't paying attention. Jack will often accuse me of that. Let's get into our We'll get back to some of those texts and your favorite Oilers goal of all time to the Oilers Now Audio Vault for our friends at Direct Workwear where safety meets savings in Edmonton, Fort McMurray and online on directworkwear.com I don't know about you, this shocked me. This was a really funny story. Again, for touchback safety, uh, all, and and Brendan, this concept was your idea. It's cost me a bit of money out of pocket, but that's okay. Uh, But uh, no, we've had some uh, terrific guests come in, and we didn't just want to focus on the uh, 80s uh, glory orders. Uh, uh, Had a couple, you know, Dwayne Rollison from 06, and um, yesterday, Fernando Pisani, who. He wouldn't call himself a hero because that's not Fernando's personality, Uh, but it was a tremendous storyline during the 06 playoff run. And Fernando had this to say on how he... I I had no idea this actually occurred. It's a great story on how he found out that he was
2: drafted. Well, it was um, just another Saturday night, just going to go out with some buddies, and I called my one buddy's uh, house, and his mom answered the phone, and she said... um, uh, she said, "Hey, congratulations!" And I said, well, "Well, thanks, but for what?" And she said, "Oh, you were you were drafted by the Oilers." And I said, "Uh." are you sure? I'm like, I, I never heard anything, and I thought I would be one of the first people to find out when you're drafted, but uh, she said, no, I, I heard it on the news, and uh, she goes, just let me double-check. I'll ask my husband, because he was watching it too, and he said, yeah, they said, Fernando Pizzani drafted by the Edmonton Oilers, and so I'm like, okay, this is awesome. I'm excited. It's my favorite team, you know, I, I watching the Oilers grow up and everything, so it was kind of those... Uh, uh, picture perfect things. And so I'm like calling everybody, telling everybody. So I'm, and then I'm like, oh, I better, I better confirm this because I've called my parents, I've called my buddies and tell them I got drafted, but it's coming. There's from, no internet back then. Yeah. It's, it's 96 and there's no internet and my source isn't a hundred percent, uh, reliable. And, uh, so I called, I called one of the, The newspapers, I think it was the Sun or the Journal. And so I said, hey, can you tell me who the Oilers draft picks were? So they name them all off, and I'm not on there. So I'm like, oh, man, I just told everybody I was... I'm like, I'm going to look oh, like an on. idiot. So so I'm like, oh, man, this is awful. And I've already told probably 50 people. So I'm like, this isn't good. So then I called another newspaper article and uh, they said, yeah, from, uh, Fernando Pizzani was one of the kids drafted. So now I've got 50/50. So I'm like, okay, those are better odds, but uh, still wasn't 100% sure. And uh, then finally, I I hear from hear from the Oilers, and I think it was a day or so later or two. Wow. Um, so I get a phone call and said, yeah, come on into you know the Oilers' office, which was right right by the, the Kingsway there. And so you know 18, 19 years old, very nervous and don't know what to expect. So I get all dressed up, uh, walk in and you know go to the reception. I said hi I'm I'm, I'm here, Fernando Pesani. um I was drafted I'm I'm here to see you know I think it was well it was Kevin Kevin Prendergast at the time and she said yeah have a seat just wait here so really nervous you know gonna meet you know the orders brass and I'm very excited and thinking this is gonna be great so yeah go on upstairs so I go up knock on the door uh Kevin sends me in and uh Reaches in in a box, grabs a jersey that has 96 on it, and uh, says, here you go, we'll keep an eye on you for the next four years. And uh, (laughs) I'm like okay so i just walked out right after that so (laughs) i was like ah you know you're going in expecting something like hey you know we like the way you play we thought like this about you but it was like here's your jersey and uh we'll keep an eye on you for four years when you're at providence i said okay good talk
0: all right well that was back in 1996 it's a little bit different time. Just to put things in perspective, if you happen to be the media guy, second question in with the new general manager of the hockey team, and you ask, well, uh, we hear the player that you took in the first round doesn't have a lot of hockey sense, or you make, you make a comment that can – there's nothing that rankles the GM more than that. So that story is an interesting one. Fernando, you know, I don't know. It's We've heard stories where, where players uh, – well, Brent Sutter. Brent Sutter talking about the fact that he didn't—he thought he was being set up when he got invited to Team Canada for this 84 Canada Cup. The same thing has happened with players when they're drafted. They don't actually believe that it's the GM or the coach of the team calling them to say, hey, I just want to tell you, uh, you know, uh, because there's a lot of agents that if you're not going to go in the first couple rounds, they'll tell you not to go to the draft. I know that uh, when we were in Florida, there was a Western Hockey League player. He's a decent WHL player. And he was represented by a Western-based agent not named Jerry Johansson. And he showed up at the draft in round seven, and his family's in the draft. And I can see him. And uh, the kid was playing with Prince Albert at the time. And the Vancouver Canucks drafted uh, a guy that had the same first name as him. And the kid thought it was going to be him that was drafted. And it wasn't. And he went to stand up, and just the dejection. It was crushing. So... You know, whatever. That's a pretty interesting story, nonetheless, with Fernando Pisani, who was terrific yesterday and uh, did an excellent job. And I always think, you know, we had, uh, you know, Good on, uh, Brendan. It was your concept, and I know we had Brent Sutter in here uh, on Monday, and then having Fernando yesterday. And I, I I love doing that sort of stuff, especially in summer long format. It's it's uh, it makes for uh, solid shows, and Fernando was a great guest. Twelve twenty three in Edmonton. When we come back, and whether it's so now, we'll get to NHL today. It's brought to you by Elite Promotional Marketing. By the way, just for some clarity on because we've got a bunch of texts on this, uh, and it uh, Tony. Our friend Tony, Brendan, has clarified, Bob, regarding the Yakupov play against L.A., Nugent Hopkins scored to tie it against L.A., but Gagne's skate was in quicks pad, no goal. Yakupov then scored right after to tie it, did the slide. Belanger won the faceoff. Hall had the point shot, uh, or maybe it was Schultz with the point shot. Bottom line is Yakupov uh, batted at home, and the Oilers got the tie, and... All I remember is we went back in LA and of course the Oilers were near the bottom of the standings. This is right around the time that the Kings are Yeah, The Kings had won the 2012 Stanley Cup, right? So Yakupov was the first pick then it was in Yaks rookie year They made fun of Yakupov for the next three years in LA without celebration video So every time we went into Los Angeles, they made fun of it this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 jed It's
1: 1227
0: in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. This text comes in and says, Bob, which direction is Western? I checked Google Maps and nothing. Please help from Sean in Wainwright. Uh, yeah, Western or Western. Depending upon how you want to say it, it's kind of like Brian Hall, Louis Pasaglia versus Pasaglia, Cincinnati, right? Toronto. It's a little bit of a dialect that I have with that one word. And it's been brought up before when I used to broadcast Golden Bears games against the University of Western Ontario Mustangs. The Purple Ponies, Kevin Quinn school. To NHL today for elite promotional marketing. Your clients love the outdoors. Get them the hottest summer gear like
1: branded camping chairs, coolers, and more go for it, Brendan. Well, we'll get more on this uh, from Ben Kuzma coming up in about 10 minutes here, but he did report that Brock Besser's agent Ben Hankinson is looking for a four-year extension worth $7 million per season. Problem for the Canucks, they only have $5 million in cap space, and Besser and Nikolai Goldobin are unsigned. If you missed it yesterday, Derek Brassard off the market, signing a one-year contract with the New York Islanders. Joel erickson re signed with the Minnesota Wild. Two years, just under $3 million total. He's coming on 14 points in 58 games. New Jersey's first round pick from back in 2012, Stefan Matteau, signed a one year AHL deal with the Cleveland Monsters. That's Columbus's farm team. And we mentioned it Lloydminster, Alberta will host the 2021 SO Cup, which is the national female midget championship. So the host uh, Lloydminster Steelers will face off against five regional champions. The SO Cup was in St. Albert in 09, Red Deer in 2015.
0: All right, uh, off to a global news weather track. Update with Kerry McCarthy and when We come back in Oilers now out of Vancouver Ben Kuzma.
2: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio 630 Chad